Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in 1 Chronicles chapter 3, where we continue into the genealogy list. In chapter 2, it all talked about how Judah had different lines culminating in King David. And here in chapter 3, we see about the descendants of David in verses 1 to 3. David had many wives as we see here. Seven of them are listed here. But then he had many concubines as we see in verse 9. In verses 4 to 9, we read about the sons born to David while he ruled in Jerusalem. The reign of David is divided into two parts. One is while he ruled Judah and then after he made Jerusalem his capital city. In verses 10 to 16, we see the chronicler listing out the names of the sons of David into the time of Judah's exile. We see all the Davidic kings listed out except Athaliah who was Ahab's daughter who was notorious for her iniquity. In verses 17 to 24, we see all the list of people who were of the line of David after the time of Judah's exile. So what does it tell us? It tells us that there were scribes even during the time of exile who kept meticulous records of each and every birth that happened and their lines that traced them back to David. So here this chronicler meticulously collates everything under one line and shows the people that they are literally the God's chosen people. Though this chapter starts in the beginning with multiple wives, even though God's original plan for mankind was one man and one wife, as we see in Genesis, Chapter 2 verses 18 to 25 where God intended to make a helper for Adam and not several helpers. Second, this union is described as becoming one flesh. In fact, Jesus confirmed this understanding of the marriage when he was asked about divorce by the Pharisees, which is recorded in Mark chapter 10 verses 1 to 12 and Matthew chapter 19 verses 1 to 12. In his response, Jesus quoted from Genesis 2, confirming that marriage was one man for one woman. The Bible is an incredibly candid book when compared to the religious writings of other traditions. Rather than covering up the faults and flaws of its key figures, the Bible frequently shows us humanity in its deepest sin. The consequences of ignoring God's word has led to serious problems as we see throughout the Bible. In fact, even the patriarchs had many wives. And if you consider the scripture, in each of the following cases, we see Abraham led to the bitterness between Sarah and her maid Hagar and eventual dismissal of Hagar and her son Ishmael. In the case of Jacob, we see that it led to Rachel's jealousy of Leah and to Joseph being betrayed and sold by his half-brothers. In the case of David, it led to the rape of one of his daughters, Tamar, by one of his sons, Tamar's half-brother, Amnon, and then his murder by Tamar's brother, Absalom. In the case of Solomon, his many wives turned away his heart from the Lord and to worship false gods as we see in 1 Kings chapter 11, 1-8. So just because the Bible records polygamous relationships does not mean that God approves of such things. In fact, the chronicler acknowledges these things and subtly pointing out to the lessons that one can derive out of David, that is, divine appointment to a great task does not guarantee one against falling into evil. Second, luxury and indulgence of the appetites of the flesh tend to degradation. Third, 
The personal forgiveness of sin does not remove its evil consequences. And fourth, our sins are often as harmful to others and even more so than to ourselves. And five, righteousness exalts a man and the nation as well. And six, God is still in control of the entire situation. So the chronicler is trying to tell the people of Judah who are returning from the exile that God is still in control of each one of you coming out of the various lines of Judah and is still at work with you. And that's exactly what he is telling us too. May God bless these words. Amen.